Hello and welcome to the 12th episode of the fourth season of the Plebs on Footy podcast. I am your host, Rory O'Kane, and as always, I'm joined by Scott Fotheringham. Hello, Banjo. Uh, as said by the great man, Eddie Maguire, what a big week it has been in football. It big has, week in It footy. actually has been pretty crazy. I don't even know where to, where to start. I mean, obviously... Well, let's go with the biggest story. Yeah. Billy Gowers, of yeah. course, is the biggest thing to have happened in the football world this week, as no universally recognised by everyone. That is the, the biggest thing yeah, to Yeah, really, actually. Like, I criticise the media a lot, but I think they've handled this story with the amount of respect and reverence that it deserves. Well, the, the dropping of God has to be the biggest football story yeah. probably ever, to be like, honest with you. Has there been a bigger story than this since the Bible was written? I None, there hasn't been. Yeah, and no. And to be honest, for Easter this, which way do you lean? Yeah, no, probably this way, to be yeah. honest with you. Jeez, that's quite a... Monday, modern <laughs> a fair day bit of blasphemy there. That's not great to say that. But uh, the other thing which has been <laughs> happening, old... Uh, Oh mate, Scotty, that's been a, a small, a small story yeah, that no one's really cared about, including you. You hasn't don't seem led, to have, hasn't don't led s- the newspapers at all or anything like that. You haven't seemed to have too much thoughts or emotion or anything. You just seem very stable, Banjo. I mean, yeah. did, well, did you just let up too I, much emotion with the uh, the election last week that you just maybe. completely just wiped out of emotion oh, like, at the moment? Uh, no, because I wasn't really emotional in the first, the rest of the year either. I had one pretty big rant where I just said. We fucked it. Yeah, like, that was after round one, wasn't it? No, I think that was after... Oh, you were pretty bad after round one. Yeah, I was, but I didn't really see much of it. Like, it was in the car, so I didn't really yeah. have a judgment. Oh, who was it after? Well, it was Tom Campbell was in the team, so I was in the first couple of rounds. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, but, yeah, like, I don't know. I don't feel... I kind of probably feel similar to the way the club and Brad feels. It's like, yeah, it's probably just time. I don't think he's a bad coach. I think he's a pretty good coach. And I agree. It had been ten years, and we hadn't had the success we wanted. So you just got to. At some point, you just need a new face, a new voice. And it's quite a nice way of looking at it. It's just very unbanjo. It's just not you. Yeah, you normally like, have such a passionate I'm, opinion one way or the other. I'm, I'm not, not used generally to described like, as stable. Eh. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's quite odd. But, you know, we're not stable because we're devastated about Billy. And as always... Yeah, well, that's probably that's where my emotional thing. energy actually was. That's fair. Yeah, no, that makes that makes but a lot more sense. I'm sure we'll talk more about the Brad Scott... Uh, It'll probably come up. Sacking or amicable <laughs> parting of ways. Conscious uncoupling, maybe. Uh, we'll talk about it a bit yeah, later. I suspect when we get to that and Billy Gowers may come up a few times throughout the course of this podcast. Yeah, that's so, going to uh, be a... We've got to spend a lot of time on that game, yeah, given I'd, both of the big stories. Are, off the top, could be a long pot, I reckon. There's a fair <laughs> bit to go on. But let's get into the first segment and the best segment, of course. Gold Jacket, Green Jacket. The uh, title derives from the line in Happy Gilmore, Gold Jacket, Green Jacket. Does it now? Who gives a shit? Yeah. Have you, have you heard that? I don't think I have. Oh, you didn't know where it came. No, no it's from, from Happy Gilmore. Yeah, just, just thought I'd update you on that. Is that a good movie? Oh, it's a great movie. Great yeah. movie. Should, should I watch it? I, I'm pretty sure you would anyone have watched it. Anyone I know it would about be in it. Five hundred times. Any, anyone I know would be in it. Anyone you know would be like Adam Sandler. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Correct, Banjo. Okay. Okay. So he's okay. This recommendation. Strange okay. little interrogation from you this time. You <laughs> that was mean, a bad bit. I don't know why I did it. You normally interrogate <laughs> me on other areas to do with this segment, but onto one vote. Uh, it's quite a tricky week this week, to be honest with you. It was a good week of footy. A lot of interesting mm. games. Uh, one vote we're going Geelong defeated Gold Coast by 27 points. Even split between Victorian and interstate teams. Mate, not intentional. This is just the way I yeah, do it. Yeah, this is the objective formula. I'm just not biased at I all. I have to say, every time you put a uh, match between a Victorian and interstate team, it is more weighted towards Victorian teams being in it because there's more of them in the comp. 
so they should be. No, that didn't make sense. Never mind, move on. I don't know what you're the talking about. The maths was wrong. Banjo, to I be had a thing with you. and it was wrong. Uh, this, so this game, you'd probably say... state teams, not even... Yeah, never mind, move This on. game, Geelong Gold Coast, you'd probably say... Uh, Kind of similar to a lot of the games we talked about last week. Yeah, followed really, the pattern. Really good, tightly contested, interesting game for three-quarter time. Geelong, it, it probably wasn't as substantial the way Geelong blew them away as what a lot of the teams did last week. No, it was only four and a half goals. Um, and I, I watched a little bit of the last quarter. It was still kind of a contest. Geelong was mm. just a lot cleaner. A lot of it was just Tim Kelly ball use, Gary Ablett good, ball use. It was just stuff like that, just being really clean Tim as they Kelly's are. a jet. He's, really He's unbelievable good. this year. Should we unveil? We both jumped on him for yeah. uh, the Brown. We saw 11. I, I saw it like halfway through the game. So he was absolutely dominating. I'm thinking he's going to get three votes here. And yeah. I looked it up thinking he should be quite short for the Brown. Though. He's still at $11. I thought, geez, there's a bit of value there. So we mm. both chucked a little bit of, bit of money on our TK for the, for the Brown. I'm pretty happy with it at the moment. He's dropped to seven. Yeah, so we've already made money. No, we haven't, but well, not sort of really, cash but out value, I guess. We're going all right. Uh, speaking of going all right, though, the Gold Coast, interesting. Like, they just do it week in. I keep Underrated expect- story, this. I They're keep, just okay. I keep expecting that game where the bottom fo- the bottom falls out of them. Mm. I just keep kind of waiting for it every week. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it's probably going to be We've had time. it with Carlton twice. I think it will come, but yeah. it's made, it's 10 games now. Yeah. And it hasn't it's at good. all. It's They're- good, consistent football. Their percentage is... Not good, but fine. They've won games. They've been super competitive in most games. They haven't really... I can't think of any games really where a team hasn't felt like they had to earn the win. Yeah. That, yeah that's what definitely. they're doing. They've yeah. been there for at least sort of two and a half, three quarters. That's sort of their worst performance when they fade in the last. And plenty of those they haven't. They've been there. Yeah, that's what they're doing. They're not great, but they're making the opposition yeah. earn. And that's, that's a really big step for a club to take. So. And I think they're finally developing the foundation to have a real club come up under it they've had talent for ages but they haven't had a stable base to really build off and if they can be a competitive football team with plenty of guys that try have to try really hard to get where they are and set like high standards with training and performance and stuff like that and really develop some competitiveness through the list i think it will allow them to get where we kind of thought they should have yeah, well, the it looks like there's a team culture building and it looks yeah. like there's a reasonable coach. And that's that's the start. Yeah. That, that's the building block. Have you heard about Stuart Jew's um, revolutionary uh, player grading system? No. Yeah, he rates players from one to seven and then says, we want this person to get to a certain number in a couple of years. And then that's their plan. They get their twos to fours and their fives to sevens. That's Sounds highly scientific. Yeah, really uh, sophisticated. Uh, right up there with the goal jack. Is this actually a thing? Yeah, no, it is. <laughs> They rate players out of seven. Legitimately, the gold jacket, green jacket formula is far more complex than that. There is a yeah. lot more that goes into yeah. that formula. There's like significantly more factors. Yeah. Well, I don't know how it works, but it is a rating out of seven. That I do know. Well, it seems to be working. It must be all because of that, that Previously, seven Previously, they rated players out of six and that, that didn't work. So that's why they've been so bad. Yeah, it just set their ceiling a little yeah. bit too low, didn't it? You, you, want, you want to aim high. <laughs> All right. Next Mo- year, they'll set it to eight. Moving on to two votes. Hawthorne defeated Port Adelaide by 31 points. It doesn't help when a game is in Tassie. It, uh, and it, What's uh, wrong with Tassie? Nothing Great state. No, no, I, Lovely football I, I like Tassie quite a lot. But in terms of uh, people actually taking interest in the game, it does get pushed to the back a little bit. People do... Let's not pretend like Hawthorne Port, Port was ever going to get... 
people super interested in oh, the game. I reckon if Road Melbourne might be in danger this week. Why did Hawthorne get the week before? They would everyone... The, the, 14,000? Yeah, it was 14. We had 20. You see bars look so empty. It was frightening. And that's Melbourne, MCC. Yeah, true. It, it did feel like a bit of a ghost town. But I don't know. Port Adelaide have had a real stiff run. They started the year really well. Looked like they'd made a lot of changes. Uh, they were getting a lot more sort of energy through the club. Jeez, the injuries have hit them. And then... Just- their midfield's been depleted, and then so Rockcliffe's apparently going to play next week, but he was basically carrying them on his shoulders yeah. for three quarters, and then he pulls up with a hammy. The hardest position to like to cover is just the midfield, just because. Ooh. It like if you get a critical mass, like if you Collingwood last year, key defenders. I thought that was going to be a massive deal. How they just lost all of them, but they were able to cover it because. But the midfield is the most important. Part of the ground. If you lose all your good midfielders, yeah, you are but, screwed. But I suppose the difference is you need to lose a lot of midfielders. Yeah, like, yeah, if yeah. you lose one or two midfielders, you can gen- you generally have some reasonable VFL yeah. players to come in yeah. or sample players. Very or true. And you, you tend to be able to be fine unless yeah. they're the best player. But if you got. lose, a, if your midfield is cooked, then you, yeah. you can't even get the game on your terms. No, you, just, you can't get. Yeah, you can't and play like the a game. Good, you a good to play. midfield can mitigate every single problem every, any other position causes. But if you're screwed in the midfield, you're just screwed. They were up against not the best midfield in the world in That's Hawthorne. And, uh, Gunston, that has its own... Gunston kicks six. That was the other interesting thing out of it. He's starting to get his uh, goal kicking going again. He dropped off for he's a little bit. He's playing a bit of forward this now. So yeah. that's, that's but he's just he's not missing again. It started with the Melbourne game. Like he's just God, it was frustrating. Whenever he had a shot anywhere, he just put it straight through the middle. He's got that back going again. And he looks like the Gunston of a few years ago. So there's a positive for Hawthorne. But let's move on to the big three voter. It's a big unveiling this this one. Oh, I don't know. I'm even kind of happy to say this. Three votes. GWS defeated Melbourne by 26 points. So to those teams that we say... Gold jacket, green jacket, who gives a shit? Yeah, this one wasn't... This wasn't a shock win, this... Yeah, it was a, a very boring game, a very low standard game. You were hot garbage for three quarters. But even, even me as a Melbourne supporter who... Like, yeah, I'm, I'm furious with how we played. But even I don't really care about this game. I'm just like... You're always going to lose. Our season's Linden anyway, and we just we just didn't turn up this week. It was, mm. it was probably the first time since round one where it looked like we actually didn't even care. We were just disinterested. I've never seen Clayton Oliver look so disinterested in a game of football. And I know he got tagged, but um, DeBoer has been great as a tagger this year, but yeah. I don't think that was the reason. It was just even in a contest, it just didn't. He didn't look like he cared. He, Brayshaw didn't until the last quarter. There were a lot of players who just did not look interested at all. So your midfield still looks great on paper. Yeah, it's performed so much below what it should this I mean, year. But we're still, I think, especially like sort of the last six weeks. I think before this round, it might still be the case now. I think before this week, we were second in inside fifties in the comp. Yeah. So we're winning the ball and we're getting it forward, but it's really ugly the way yeah. that we're doing it. We we don't have a lot of great ball users, and then when you have Christian Salem as a laid out, and yeah. Jordan Lewis is touching our best ball. They're, they're easily our two best kicks in the team. Yeah. Really need Josh Kelly. <laughs> but like, look, there's not a lot. There's not a lot to take out of this game. We just we were pathetic. We didn't turn up. We got beaten in every aspect of the game. It was really odd that all of a sudden we decided to turn it on for the last quarter. I've never seen it like that yeah, before. Game was dead. It, how much of it was you turning it on and GWS going, oh, this is done? Uh, I Look, it's a little bit of both, but it didn't feel like a dead game. There was actually yeah, a bit okay. of heat in it. It was actually quite a reasonable game if you just took that last quarter. Yeah. Um, and we did play quite well. It was quite strange. I've never really seen that happen before when the game's so dead and we've shown mm. no indication of caring for three quarters. And then I th- I still think Toby Green punched Col- Clayton Oliver off the ball. Maybe that's what set it off. 
No, or but that, that, happened, that happened towards the end. He it was didn't odd. get suspended. No, I, I don't. I don't know if it just hasn't been picked I think up. He on got cameras, a fine. No, I, I read somewhere about okay. him because Max was furious. Yeah, like, he had to be like dragged away from. Are you sure we he's just not to... furious with having to play with your rabble all year? I mean, he would be that anyway, so he would have a basis <laughs> of being furious. But that definitely seemed to add something to his fire. And we, we were just whacking him now left, right, and center afterwards. So I thought it might have been quite Maybe bad. Maybe said something but... on top of it. Yeah, I perhaps. Perhaps. I don't know. But I uh, do yeah. have one question for you. No, probably a couple, but one question for now. Oh. How do your midfielders, have any of them had a year that was anywhere near as good as last year? Harms, maybe? Uh, Harms started slowly. His last month has been as good as his best month last year. Yeah. So, yeah, you'd say Harms is a tick. Oliver has been well below last year without being bad yeah. uh, from this game. Uh, Oliver's still standard. been, yeah. Oliver's like dusty still been last year. wasn't dusty, but he was still good. Yeah, he's, he's been good, Oliver. And then Max has still been good, if you count him as a midfielder. But yeah, Brayshaw's been awful. I mean, Vine didn't really play last year. No, but he's also sort of this year just been there. As He, he hasn't really been an, a positive influence on the game, which he the way he was a couple of years ago. Yeah. Jones. Jones is... Just, he's had that one game against Sydney. Yeah, he'd be... be he'd be, he wouldn't be a mile below last year, but he would be a bit below last year, yeah. And then, yeah, you just need Dom Tyson back. Yeah, we just need Kay Collar Jasney on a wing, mate. That's what we're missing. <laughs> That's superstar. But uh, let's stop talking about Melbourne. I'm just I'm sick of it. How about Harry Himmelberg? Uh, Jeremy yeah. Finlayson? Yeah, well, Harry Himmelberg's pretty bloody good. He kicked five. He's a gun. Yeah, my, my dad, turns, my dad knows home. nothing about footy. He turns <laughs> to me, he's like, has this bloke ever done anything in his career? I'm like... Dad, Himmelberg's a gun. He's really good. Kick four against uh, Richmond in a prelim. And he's just, he's, he's a good player. He's, he's a, a real good, good handy player. player. He's not a star, but he's a good handy player. Uh, dog five this week against the best key defense you'll ever see. So, uh, yeah, what yeah, a star. Yeah. Made Frosty look but why, like Why idiot. are we still talking about this game? I'm not interested. Mainly to prolong your I've, pain. But I've let's move on. Out. On to the Kane Corns call of the week, uh, where every week we look at the Biggest and boldest call that may be a little bit nuffy from the media and then make one of our own just to keep ourselves humble. We got a new entrant this we week do. from the media. If you were if you were looking at someone a media commentator and you wanted to describe them as a nuffy, this guy would be mentioned quite readily. He's not yes, doesn't he's have enough. the highest public opinion. But he's not normally a Kane Corns kind of guy. No, he's definitely not a big call man. He, he's more of a everybody's great kind of guy. There's two types yes. of media performers in Australia. There's a Kane Corns provocateur and there's a Cameron Ling, <laughs> everybody's great. And Cameron Ling's done a backflip. He's changed. On 3AW, he's, he's talking about Weir and he's gone. He's a stinker. He gets lost and can't win a one-on-one contest. He's all right when he's just fed the ball in just a loose play, but that's it. That's all he said. He's this. Cameron, he said he's a stinker. He's a that's stinker. A, that's a former number one draft pick. Brutal thing to call a player. And look, did Weedering have an absolutely shocking game? Yes, he did. But leading into the game... He's been good, Weedering. He has been good. Leading into the game, he lost 19% of one-on-one contests all year. The AFL average is 30%. He was better in one-on-ones than Alex Pierce, uh, Davis, Hurley, Alirali, and Talia. And oh. obviously heaps others. <laughs> uh, I do have to... Put something forward on this one. I mean, how much do you trust the word of John off Twitter? I mean, that's where you got these stats from. Yeah, I do trust them. I trust them. Oh, like, stats I don't trust them, but I trust my eye. And when I've said, look, I didn't watch this game, but when I've seen Weering play this year, I have been quite impressed. I think his intercept marking game has been quite good. He's been quite reliable in a one-on-one contest. Yeah. And he's quite a good kick. I when, think he's played a good, he's when had a good North year. played Carlton, 
Ben Brown shat on Liam Jones for a half, and then they put Weedering on him, and yeah. he kicked one more goal for the I, rest I of the game. I didn't see that. Like, it was, and it, it was noticeable. It was yeah. really noticeable that someone was playing him a lot better. Yeah, and like, there's been plenty of situations like that. He's not a bad player. He just had a bad game. Memory tore him and apart. Cameron Ling, it's the most, it's the most uncharacteristic yeah. media take we've, the we've only, looked at. The only way I would have been more surprised if I heard Brett Kirk said this. It's the only other, and he's not even in the media anymore. He's just I love footy. Yeah. I just love footy. That's yeah. all he normally says. Maybe that's ninety nine percent. Yeah, Richos are similar to Lee. They're both the same. Yeah. They just sit there saying how much they love footy. Don't analyze anything. No. So really, really odd this one. Andy was incorrect. So we should go back to just is I love footy because yeah. everyone loves footy. So that's not that's yeah. not incorrect. Let, at least be a positive idiot if you're going to be an idiot. I'm normally first to go with the cane cords. Is that right? I'm going. I don't remember. I paid very little attention to how this is structured. Yeah, you ask me every week. Do we do the top five or the cane cords call of the week first? Bloody. I hell, didn't ask Andy. this week. I'm gonna do mine. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> this best, save the best for last. This one's a little bit out of the box. We haven't been talking about it a lot as a podcast. I don't, I don't even know if this person's been mentioned. I don't mentioned know what you're about to point. say. So I'm looking forward to this. I think Luke Beveridge, i.e., the devil. Should be sacked. Oh wow, I agree with you, but I but why? There's one reason, Banjo, no. and you know what it is, Banjo. How do you drop God? How can you possibly yeah. do that? He is the, the heart. Sun got himself. He is the heart and soul of that team. Everyone plays for Billy. Billy. Everyone loves Gowers. Billy, as we've talked about in the past. Every time he does something wrong, there's a reason for it. He does it to yeah, try to lift the rest of, of his team plan. to make everyone else feel better about themselves. We- He's been so selfless. And he now has him playing in the VFL. I, I'm with you. Luke Beveridge, he's a disgrace. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you're on board. Yeah, I'm 100%. Yeah. Right, he's, an, he, he's added to the list, enemies of the pod. Luke it, Beveridge it, it, is at the top. It does need to be said. Look what happens when they drop him. They lose to North Melbourne. That, that's exactly. cause and effect. Exactly. Who else is on our enemies of the pod list? Uh, Mason we, we Cox a, would probably yeah, be yeah, in Mason there. Cox. We're not big fans of Mason Cox. All the media... The <laughs> AFL executive. Actually, this is just my personal, uh, personal <laughs> executive. <laughs> no, I like them. I like Gillen. Steve Hawking, Gillen. We definitely have more hates, but I just can't think of them off yeah, the top of my look, head. We'll put it. We'll put together a list of the top five. Uh, ne- ed- next week, yeah. we'll add it to yeah top five pod hates. That's that's <laughs> our one next week. Although we have another idea. Yeah, but, but look, gee, we're adding top fives. We're so first, thinking ahead. When was the last time we had multiple top five ideas sitting in the bank? Planning on the job at the moment. It's yeah. it's strange. But what's what's your one, Banjo? Your one's uh, quite similar to mine last week. It's a bit out of the box. No one's yeah. really thought about it, and I, I quite like it. Um, so I've done a bit of analysis on Gold Coast woes over the years, yeah. and uh, I did some research, watched some footage, and they had a video on their player reviews, and there was some pretty damning stuff going on in that. <laughs> it occurred to me, and my eyes told me, my spies, that they don't take notebooks into meetings, into their player reviews. How are you supposed to grow if you don't write down what you're told and don't remember it? Well. What that shows? No wonder they've not shown any improvement. What that no shows No wonder they're me, so disorganised. They they don't care. If if you care about something, you bring a pen and paper. You yeah. write it down, and then you review your notes later on. Yeah. It just shows that they're just there, just breezing through, just going through the process. Don't Would, care. Wouldn't get through. Like, high I, I know with this kind fact, of conduct. Surely the other seventeen teams, they all just got pen and paper. I mean, surely Dustin Martin would love it. He'd have his no. glasses on. He'd have a pen and paper. He'd just be jotting yeah, Richmond down did, Richmond throughout did too the meeting. Richmond too rich for pen and paper. They. They'd, they'd 
type it up on an iPad or oh, something. Okay. So Individual that, okay. iPads. Computers. I can deal with computers yeah. as well. You're I'm, not a lot I'm up to date with the modern age. I can deal with that as well. But you need to be taking some form of notes. I'm telling you. Clayton Oliver definitely takes notes. He's a very studious Oh, not man. this year. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's, maybe that's why we've dropped off. Goody needs to have a look into you hear the, the, theory about, the lack uh, of notes in you, meetings. Did you hear the theory about Angus Brayshaw? Someone what, wrote, he stopped taking notes no, into no. meetings? <laughs> Some absolute nuffy wrote into somewhere saying, uh, the reason Angry Angus Brayshaw's forms dropped off is he started putting his helmet in an esky while he's on the bench. So when he puts it back on, it's freezing cold and he's giving himself uh, like a brain freeze and that's why he's been so bad. That might even be worse. Worse than this one for your cane corns, mate. That might even be a dumber call than that. This is the the best thing I've ever heard. (laughs) Best thing you've ever heard. Best thing I've ever heard. Big call, big call. (laughs) Um, But anyway, moving on. Collingwood defeated Sydney by seven points. I don't know why I've written 74. 74. It'd be quite a different game of footy if that was the case. Probably would have made Gold Jack Green Jacket. Quite quite a good game, this one. It was uh, quite tightly contested. It was recent form. Not that bad. Yeah, well, yeah, they've had three weeks in a row now, two wins. Not in super convincing fashion, but this was, like, probably you'd have to say this was their best performance. A lot of it had to come off the back of that one game a year where Sam Reid looks like an absolute superstar. He's about to tear the competition apart. He he does it once a year. He has one game where you're like, he's plucking everything. He looks so good on a lead. He can't miss a set shot. This guy is an absolute star. Yeah, and so he does that once a year and always gets hurt. So his AFL fantasy average depends on if he's had that game early enough and then gets hurt for the rest of the year that's the only way he has a good fantasy average okay but he doesn't just get hurt he's also even when he's playing he's ridiculously like Hit not miss, inconsistent yeah. he's bad and then plays one good game very, very he does strange. look so good when he plays well, i though. know like, it, there's it, no reason you look at it and you think there's no reason why he can't yeah he doesn't do anything that goes oh that's a fluke he can't do that again exactly everything he does is like oh exactly yeah. how a key forward should play yeah. he's, he's quite a strange footballer but i'm definitely not subscribing to the fact he's going to be a gun from this point on uh follow-up question about sydney key forwards it's buddy cooked oh don't go there come on banjo don't be a grump I'm just watching. <sighs> yeah, his his body is uh, struggling a little bit at the moment. Mm. There's no doubt about that. It was initially a minor hamstring strain that ended now up being four weeks. four weeks. And then it was still pretty touch and go if he was going to play this week. Yeah. Definitely didn't look at his best. He's still he's still willing. Like, you can see the hunger in him and how desperate he is to impact a contest. Yeah, he's just not as imposing, though. He doesn't move as well. Yeah. It just I, doesn't. I thought there were it's a few... sad watching him There like were a this. few contests earlier when I was like, it's good to have him back. And then as the game went on, it wasn't, it wasn't the same thing where you're just like, where's Buddy? Just kick yeah. it to Buddy. He will tear this apart. He, he just... didn't really do any one thing where you went, oh, that's Buddy. Only Buddy can do that. Yeah. And maybe it was just a bad game. Maybe it was a bit of rust, but... Yeah. Know, I'm a bit worried. Just flagging it. That's but it. um, the biggest story from this game, mm. um, Daniel Wells, career possibly over. And let's be honest, it really did end when he left North Melbourne anyway. But sad way to go. He was killing it. No, I hate Absolutely the guy. Absolutely killing it. Mate, I hate the guy. I got him into my fantasy team, took a punt purely as a thing of trying to annoy you. I yep. wanted him to be good just for that. I was absolutely buzzing halfway through the second Really quarter, annoying. Mate. I was <laughs> flying. It was probably the happiest I've been in a long time. Could, couldn't be bitter about I was, so I just vented at you. I was a miserable piece of crap after that. That happened and bloody Josh Kennedy got injured. All the rest of my players started playing crap and I had the worst for Anderson. No one cares, Scott. No one wants to listen to this. <sighs> this was a... Uh, he was awesome, though, and now he's probably career over. He, yeah, he looked like Daniel Wells. Yeah. So it, was, it, it was genuinely quite sad to see. Um, but 
you know, we've kind of got used to it, I guess, and not super surprising. No. As sad as it is to say just, that. Oh, he could have had such a better career. But we'll talk about him later because we've got a segment where he's going to feature. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, we do, thanks to you. Yeah. Quite an... Uh, it was, look, this, just with a game of footy, it was, it was quite an ugly game. But that's Sydney, what Sydney won. Yes, that's what Sydney won. Well, you're starting to get concerned about Collingwood's form. The fact they haven't been good. They for... actually do have quite a few injuries at the moment. Do they? Then it's not it's not absolutely desperate, but there's a fair bit there. Dugowie and Moore are the big ones. Yeah. Um, and they're actual genuine stars. I can't even oh, think about it. There were a few more. Anyone. They put them up during the game. It was like, oh yeah, that does really Don't Lyndon care about Dunn. Jamie Elliott. Like he's, he's he doesn't count. He's. It, it's like me complaining about Ben Jacobs. Just doesn't yeah, count. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But they, they, they do have some reinforcements to come back. But they, they're doing the thing where they're just finding a way to win. And I think yeah. that's what a good team does. And there's a, there's a lot of good teams who are doing that at the moment, who are yeah. posing quite dangerously. I just like to see their midfield fire like it should on paper. But I mean, we saw it for a, qu- a quarter against Port Adelaide a few weeks ago. And it was yeah. like, oh, there the, we go. And probably the last quarter against St. Kilda too. Yeah, and the last fifteen minutes against Scotland, it's just in spurts. But, but that, but is that like they seem to just turn it on when they need to turn it yeah, on, and that's what I'm, good teams do. And they, and with them, as opposed to what I've been saying about Geelong, I can see them just clicking at the right time of the year. They yeah. can just turn it on and play that footy again, like they did last year. Really, I, I expect that to happen, so I'm not too worried about Collingwood. Okay, fair enough. Anyway, let's move on. North defeated the Bulldogs by twenty five points. Just. All right, great performance. Nothing to see here. No major fallout. <laughs> this oh, it was weird. Goldie took an absolute dump on English. <laughs> yeah, he did. We've had a few discussions about English over the last couple of days. Uh, yeah. Neither of us are particularly big fans. For some reason, there's a lot of positivity around A lot him. of Dogs fans are positive on him. And I see why. You see enough glimpses to convince... Like, you can talk yourself into English. Oh, no, the oh. problem is, it doesn't do the... Stuff you're supposed to do well. That, that's the thing. People, just, It's purely people just look at him and think, he is a ruckman. He is more mobile than most ruckmen. Therefore, mm. look at his upside. And he's a pretty good kick just, and he's a pretty good you mark. You just ignore the fact that the bloke is soft and can't ruck. He had one kid out after quarter time. One. Jesus, I didn't know it was that bad. After quarter time. After quarter time. No. Yeah. It was not that bad. He had one. And then in the last... After sort of five minutes to go in the third quarter, he didn't ruck again because they dragged him. <laughs> I didn't know it was that bad. But uh, what do you want a ruckman to do? You want him to be get a hit out firstly, is first and foremost. Ideally, he doesn't do you'd that. like a hit out to advantage. Then you want a bit of presence around the ball, which, I mean, there's reasons for that. He's got a pretty skinny body, but he doesn't yeah. offer that at all. Nope. Like, they're the main things you want out you of a ruckman. You know how you're not a good ruckman? When Nick Larky, who has the exact same inhib- like inhibitors as you do, he is so skinny, and you are bigger than him, outrucks you every time you come up against him. Yeah, that's quite frightening. Like, Nick Larky is a kid. He's younger, and he's a baby giraffe, and I really like him and everything, but he should not be beating any ruckman in the competition at this stage, especially not a number one ruckman. Yeah. Yeah. And then he went forward and kicked two goals and looked pretty dangerous. Wait, yeah, he should be a forward. Yeah, but I can't see him fitting in as a quality long-term key forward. No, but he's more likely to be that than he is a ruckman at this yeah. stage. Yeah, maybe. He's, like, he's 21, turning 22. At what, time, at what stage do we think he's going to put on muscle? I, I, I don't expect he's going to put on muscle. I, 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 just, I have no expectation. There are so many people that are skinny and they stay skinny. 
Like Dustin rea- Fletcher never put on muscle. He's wiry as hell. Yeah. No, I'm I'm really really low on him. I don't mm. have any real expectation from him at all going forward. Uh, would you describe this as a good game of footy? Uh, it, it floated. It, yes, oh, ish. It floated in and out early on the first quarter. I'm like, this is quite good. Yeah, like, well, it, was, it was five goals each after. Yeah, got it, it was done. quite exciting. There was quite a lot of energy in the game. The ball was sort of pinging back and forth. Yeah. both teams were getting a fair bit of reasonable more ball movement going. Became a real slog in the second and third quarter. A slog dominated by North Melbourne. Yeah, no. What happened is we got on top in the clearances and they're. They just couldn't exit defensive 50. Yeah. Like, they were awful moving the ball forward. Their skills in the back half were terrible, but more importantly, their structure just offered no options. They were so it was to, slow. I, they were all on their heels waiting for something to come. They just wouldn't. The only thing they ever had was a switch that didn't work. I'm like, I'm very firm with the dogs. It is a structural point of view. They, they've had no forward line for a very, very long yeah. time. And they, just, they don't have a forward line who seems to know how to work together, how to offer a target when they need one. And you do feel that they have a lot of really, really mm. good running halfbacks, like a, a frightening amount of them. And so often you'll see them, you know, flick a handball around and sort of look up and be like, what yeah, do we do the now? The amount of times... Caleb Daniel had to run around in a circle because he got called play on, had to try and dance around, and then just hacked it for 40 metres. It was just staggering. It happened a few times. I still think Caleb Daniel had a very, very happened good game, at least which we've had this four times. Out. So, he didn't. He did. He just flat out didn't. I thought he was one of the best players on the ground. I thought he I did. was not ever worried when he had the football. See, I, I thought when he had the ball in hand, that was the only time in which the Bulldogs looked dangerous. But they didn't look dangerous. I, I feel like you're looking at him as a thing if you don't think he's damaging because he doesn't kick a raking kick to someone. No, in space. it's not that at he, all. He picks out kicks within a zone. He picks out short kicks, which he's just you can. He sees the game as like a chessboard. You can see in the way that he thinks but about. There was, it. He looks forward. And he finds just a little option forward, and that's what opens the game up. But and it didn't open forward. the game up. Well, so he often, just hit ineffective kicks. Uh, no, but it they, was completely. Like if I don't understand how you can think Jake Lloyd has real problems, uh, is really overrated, and Rory Laird is really overrated because they just rack up stats that don't do anything, and think Caleb Daniel. Because I think Caleb Daniel does do something with those stats. I think he, he is a very, very good kicker of the ball, and I think he, I think he hits targets brilliantly well and finds dangerous. He targets. did pick out Kane Turner in the Ford Fifty for us very well. Shut up. There are there are a lot of situations with the Bulldogs where they struggle to get the ball forward. I don't think that is Caleb Daniel's fault. I think they have a poor forward strike. And they're just not a very good team, to be honest. But the, the only times in which I felt like, oh, here we go, they can get someone moving here, is when Caleb Daniel would find a smart little inside kick within a zone and then they could start moving forward. I just don't. Flat out don't we, agree. But we, this is one of the most blatantly we've disagreed with each other on something. Normally there's just a small degree and we get quite yeah, it's passionate like about it. You that. say something and I say a more extreme version of it is generally how it goes. Yeah. And I just don't agree I, with I think, you. I think Caleb has been brilliant. Out off half back, and I thought he was one of the best players on the ground. Another point Kept of the contention: dogs in the game. Aaron Norton, growing pains again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a quiet game. I'm still right. He had still a quiet. Right. Give him a break. He's played ten games in the forward line, and he's played a couple of very good ones. And he, he looks dangerous. Quarters. He would be a elite backman, and they. He's don't too. Have... But my my point with that is he's too good. To be playing in the back line. He has too much like, talent. So is Alex Use Rance. it forward. Use it in a place where you need talent in the forward line. You can you can figure out a defender. You they can have get some... Josh Shackey. Well, they don't have Tom Boyd anymore. But, like, they have... Aaron Norton is much better than those players or whoever you're going to name. 
I just disagree. He's a too good a player to be wasting. He's gonna in the be back a Michael line. Hurley. Michael Hurley's really good. Yeah, as a defender. <laughs> Nah, okay, so you're saying that he's going to eventually go back. Yeah. I, I, I don't see it's it going to be way, spent four years wasted in the Very, floor, very few then people. Then it's not going to work. Very few people agree with you on that. Yeah. And he looks wrong. like a very good forward. He looks like a good forward when he gets a clear run on jump on, at the ball. But anyway, How Banjo. often is he going to get a clear run and jump at the ball? Banjo, I think it's time we move on to a, a big, big moment for this pod. It's been yeah. very, very miserable this week for us. We have to get to the real story. But we're still going to stick with it. We're still going to have the big Billy Gowers watch. Billy, 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 Billy Gowers. Billy, 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 Billy Gowers. So, Banjo, over the last few weeks, there might be a few people who might be querying our commitment to Billy Gowers and querying our concerns surrounding Billy Gowers watch. But I'm going to put that to bed now. This is the most research I've ever done for a podcast. I went down to the absolute bottom of the Western Bulldogs bloody big footy forum page yeah, to try brave. to get some reviews that is of, brave. of Billy Gowers' performance on the weekend. So we'll start with, look, his stats. But all I know, he had 19 disposals. Mm-hmm. Didn't kick a goal. Ah. Uh, three three tackles in there as well. I'm, ah. I'm reading. So he did a little bit. This has a li- this is one of those little reviews that they do on the forum yes. where they just give like a sentence on him. Had a few possessions, missed two easy goals. Needs to hit the scoreboard and convert his opportunities. Effort was there, but lacked polish. Uh. Gets worse, Banjo. Oh, gets no. worse. It gets a lot worse. <sighs> Gowers misses a sitter. Been about as useful as tits on a bull tonight. But this guy's an idiot. Hardball get, you can get stuffed. Hardball get has no idea what he's talking about. He had 19 touches. That's all right. He's getting his hands on the footy. He needs to get a little bit of confidence back in his game. Mitigating factor. Get his hands on it. He was playing North's VFL side, and we suck. Shut up, Banjo. All right? Just devil's advocate. Luke Beveridge is our advocate. He just needs to find a little bit more of the ball. Just get some confidence back in his game. And this was a first step. Needs to be a 15-touch-a-game player, doesn't he? And kick kick a couple of goals yeah. next time. He just needs to finish those opportunities and he'll be back in the AFL team like that. Yeah. And that will be the, the happiest part. How excited are done. you for this, uh, um, for this uh, segment to transition into Cam Zerhar watch? There is no chance in hell that is ever going to happen. Cam, we Cam, know second Cam, on the Zerha. list is Grind Mize. If this ever dies, Cam, it won't. Cam, 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 Zerhar. Next time, <laughs> it'll be uh, Grind Mize watch. If we have another watch segment ever. But we're never removing Billy Gower's watch. We love it. We love it. Okay. We're moving on. <laughs> yes, we're moving on, Banjo. West Coast defeated Adelaide by 12 points. Great comeback from West Coast. A really, really, really good win from West Coast. Yeah. I'm super impressed with this win for the reason that it was the game was played the way that Adelaide wanted to play the game for the entire four quarters, really. I mean, I'm probably... I should be blamed a little bit for the way I've been looking at Adelaide this year. I really have been looking at them in the sense of I want to see what they were two years ago. I mm. want to see some signs that they're going to get back to that. I don't think that's coming. They... Don't look like they're trying to do that. And it's been long enough now that they are getting more numbers at the contest than most teams in the comp. They're getting a player a kick behind the ball. They're playing a very defensive game. They're making it as much of a contested game of footy as possible. 
First half of this game, they did that. Got the game they wanted to play. Took away West Coast's uncontested marking game. And they were awesome. They looked great in the second quarter. It was The person who really got them going was Miller playing forward. Oh. He looked really good in the second quarter in the fourth quarter. Oh, line. I love that, man. Eddie had little flashes. That, that I was think the he's my favorite non-North Melbourne player right now. Fair enough, Banjo. Fair enough. Uh, but it, it was a contested game. Outside they, of Billy Gales, of course. They were playing the way that they wanted to wanted the game to be played. After half time, you kind of think, oh, are West Coast going to be able to get it back on their terms? They didn't do that. They just kept playing the way the, way the game was being played. But they got better. They got better at a contest. Luke Shuey lifted like crazy, mm. particularly in the last Norm quarter. Sheed was good. Gaff got going a bit. Elliot Yo is tackling like an absolute... Leads the league in tackles. He's tackling like a machine at the mm. moment. And they just started winning the contested ball. And they won- beat Adelaide in the way that Adelaide wanted it to be played. And that, like, if there is and anything that's the sign of a good team, that's what it is. Yeah. They seem to play really well at the Adelaide Oval, but... Beating Adelaide at home is just a monster effort by anybody. Uh, West Coast, I still don't think they're at their best. Or no, they're definitely like that. not. That's what's and scary. And they're still just motoring along and winning. What are they, 7-3 and three now? They're just yeah. good. They're, they're, they are posing super And they dead. have so much room to get back to their best. It's probably for this reason that I put teams like probably West Coast and Collingwood. If I'm actually picking who I think will win the flag, I'd have them ahead of Geelong. Yeah, the, okay. This is the reason, is that they're not playing at their best and there are games being played in ways that they don't want it to be played and it looks like they're getting away from them and they're still finding a way to get there. Well, at the moment, everything's working for Geelong. Will it last is the question. With, for these teams, for Collingwood and West Coast, it can only go up and that's what's really scary about it, and particularly when you get Nick Natanui back because they're probably Ruck socks have been struggling yeah, a little bit this year, West Coast. Though. Geelong beat West Coast by 10 goals. I know that, Banjo. So they've got to get a lot better. I am aware of that. But as you say, they're sitting dangerously and they're going to get a lot better. Yeah, like... It'll be hard for them to finish top two, I think. They'd have to finish the season really well to get that. But if they get that, it's back to the grand final, isn't it? Yeah, well, they they could... Yeah, easily get a win in the first final. And uh, I can just see them. I can see them just clicking and just getting going at the right time. Them and Collingwood and just being like, ah, all right. This is this is kind of what we were waiting for all of this time. Uh, yeah. How negative are we sitting on Adelaide? Not very. They're sort of between six. They're probably sixth or seventh. That's where they'll finish Yeah, they're, they're bottom of the eight, really. But, but at the start of the year, we thought they were going to be top That's four. That's true. They're, and they're just not as good. As, so I think there's pretty clearly five teams that are better than them. And then they're in the pack after that. They're probably at the very top end of that pack. I just I, I think we thought the path of Adelaide was they had a really good year. They clicked and looked like a great team. Then they had a year where they clearly had some cultural issues. Things mm. fell away a little bit. Went off the rails a bit. Then we just thought, let's get them back on track to the way that they were going. That's what we were expecting to happen this year. It doesn't appear that's what's happened. It appears that they literally went completely off the track and they're trying to rebuild themselves in a different way. They've still got a lot of good players in there. And I still think Pike's probably a good coach. But they're doing it in a very different way. They're a different team now. And they seem to just... They're building in a different direction to what we thought would happen. They just... They don't have the forward line... And the forward movement that they had. And to compensate, they've had to become a pretty defensive team. And it's, to be honest, working pretty well. But yeah, pretty they, good contested it, team now. It, it lowers their ceiling pretty dramatically. Like, the what they're trying to accomplish requires more talent than they have, I think. Yeah, you 
I mean, the, the most obvious example of teams who have got close playing this way are Ross Lyon coach teams, and he never, yeah, he never got Paul there. Yeah, Ruse coach teams. Yeah, yeah, Ruse is the, probably Going the best example back. of it being successful, yeah. But it, it doesn't seem to happen that often. You, you always need to have good defense, but having some sort of ball movement, the ability to flick a switch and kill a game yeah, the, is important. The, re- the reason the best teams seem to have the best defenses half the time is because they are so good in the midfielding, bring them it helps, forward. Yeah. Like they, they just, they overwhelm you offensively to the point where you don't have the opportunity to score. That's generally the model on how to be a really, really good team. Adelaide don't have that this year. They did have it the year they made the grand final, yeah. but they've lost it. And I think it's mostly due to the age of their forwards. Betts is old. Walker's pretty old. Jenkins is dropped. Tom Lynch is reasonably old playing really well but reasonably old and they've lost Cameron they just don't have anywhere near as dynamic a forward line that's why Miller could be pretty important there yeah he did look good forward even though he was looking great back as well but they might need him there he's he is such a talent like I just yeah you were right on him I'll give you that you were wrong on Daniel but uh you were right I am right on Daniel anyway let's move on to the top five this week we're doing the best indigenous players we remember seeing what the we can sort of vouch for because yeah. you see these lists and they're always the same and it's always Polly Farmer, Barry Cable, someone else I've never seen before. And she's like, well, how am I supposed it's to It's a bit that? difficult for us to place Polly Farmer. So uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we're just going to, we're, go, we're going to be, uh, we're just going to keep it within our wheelhouse. Best players that we've seen. Yeah, and obviously Malira will make this list when we do it in five years time, yeah, but uh, he's not quite there yet. And I think with indigenous players, there's such an affection for them. There's, there, everyone loves a good indigenous player. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of personal to this as well. There's a lot of just, I, oh, I yeah. love that guy. And it's just a chance to talk about how much excitement and thrills we've got from. Yeah. I've done indigenous one footballers. love on here, but the rest of it's pretty, uh, Pretty cold. Oh, my, mine me. is too. Mine is too. I mean, I'll, I'll start. Uh, I've, oh, I've, do you have an honourable mention? I don't. All so right, I you do. Go, you go. Um, this is just my favourite ever Indigenous player. It's Lindsay. The, the man is just a great human being, great North Melbourne man, incredibly talented, should have been North Australian. Love him. Bit of a doll. Probably the like fourth best <laughs> Indigenous small... No, definitely not. Anyway... <laughs> <laughs> and a bit of a dog. The best modern, fourth best modern indigenous small forward. We'll go there. Bit of a dog. That's that's what he is. <laughs> but anyway, my five, the great man himself. You thought I was going to put him at number one, but I've got Neville Jetter at number five. The thing which I, love, I honestly thought you'd be like a grown up and not have him on your list like you should be, <sighs> mate. He's a damn good footballer. Yeah, and he's not better than. <sighs> look, I said there's a bit of personal that comes into it, mate, but. The thing which I love so much about Neville Jenner is he completely... That is a poor man's David Wirapunda. Shut up. He completely <laughs> bucks the stereotype of what an Indigenous footballer is meant to be. Yeah. He's not quick. He's not particularly talented. But he has made himself an extremely good footballer off the back of hard work, off the back of being smart and being reliable and consistent. Was he drafted as a defender? I don't know. I think he was a small forward. We played yeah. him in a lot of different positions. We started him small forward. We played him through the midfield a bit. And he looked all right as an inside midfielder. But once Ruzi put him in the back line, just, he just found his spot. And yeah. he's just, he just never loses a one-on-one. And I, I love little men who outdo, who can compete that is, with big that, men, It is always amusing. Weight. It's like a Ruckman doing a, like a midfielder move like a sidestep or something like that yeah it's like when yeah. somebody does the thing i don't think they They're should be able to to be able it's to just do, yeah. great. i just i just love the man ben. and saying that tim english should be able to rock he's um, just much better human being than lindsey thomas <laughs> oh 
Sorry, I was... <laughs> wow. Uh, my five, Cyril, begrudgingly. You got Cyril, did you? I, yeah. I thought you'd be one of the... I mean, I know you're a bit on the he's overrated. Yeah, like I agree with all that sentiment, but when I cut it down to the plays I like truly remember, that cut out a lot of... Like, I, I couldn't put Andrew McLeod on. Oh. I couldn't put, like, Wanganin on. Like, a lot of players, uh, Farmer, like, a lot of players I did see and I should have a better memory of. I just don't. And when I cut it down to the players, yeah, it was like, is Cyril better than Leon Davis? Yes. Is Cyril better than Shane Edwards? <laughs> yes. Like, and I, then I've, it just got to the point where I was like, oh, damn it. <laughs> I've always rated Cyril higher than you, I think. Not by a heap, but I've always rated him a yeah, little bit. Yeah, I, I agree. I, like, I, I don't rate Cyril the way the rest, like the media rate Cyril. Like, I, I'm definitely not where they are. But he is a very good he small was unbelievably good to watch. He just was a game apart. Just and, wasn't as good as Luke. And Bruce. it was his pressure that made him so great. That was the thing which really made yeah. him stand out. But so, look, I've got a couple of those players who we kind of half remember, yeah. I guess. But I these are players who I have a lot of affection for. At four, I've got the Wiz. I've got Jeff Farmer. Yeah, fair enough. He was my favourite player growing up. He's just he's the sort of person who just drives you to the footy. I've won many times I've gone back and watched the highlights. Oh, it's been an kicking. incredible, incredible highlight back. And then just kicking eight goals after yeah. halftime. Terrible for the first few minutes, got dragged, brought on after halftime. No, it was nine. It was nine. Yeah. And, he, and he had a shot on goal to kick 10 in the half after the siren. And it was like quite a nice kick. It was from like 50 and just missed it. Uh, um, he was just an unbelievable football. And it was one of the things year. which really made me love the Melbourne football club. Yeah, okay. I... I don't remember him that well. I remember, because my grandparents are Melbourne fans, I remember him being the guy I liked at Melbourne. He was the one, Yeah. It, when you're a kid, and As you, sort of, you, sort of, you sort of have a favourite player from every team, because you don't, yeah, you just have favourites, and he was the guy at yeah. Melbourne. And he just, yeah, yeah, he had the swagger. Yeah. I just, oh, I loved him. Uh, my four bets... Yeah. You're wrong. He's very good. I know he's very good. He's just overrated, Banjo. <laughs> like, in all honesty, he probably will end up the greatest small forward of all time. As a guy that's only been a small forward, so Lee Matthews doesn't count. Like, as a guy that's only been a small forward, like, who's better? Like, I, I, I honestly think Sirioli was a better player. Yeah, I disagree. Like, I, I really do think that, but... You know, I, I don't want to shit on him. This is meant to be a happy scene. Yeah. So I'll let you, I'll let you be nice on him. <laughs> I look, I still, I still, I love the guy and I love watching him play. Yeah. When he has those moments, he's he's, he's, he's a genius in some of the stuff he, he does. He absolutely is. No doubt about that. But he, I don't think he impacts a game as regularly as some other yeah. small forwards. Being have. the guy that can kick 60 goals in a year is a very small impact. I agree. Uh, my number three, I've got, I've got Andrew McLeod at number three. I just yeah. absolutely loved that man. I, it, he's the sexiest footballer I've ever seen. The way that he glided and mm. used the football was just, he was just so watchable. And then to have won back-to-back Norm Smith medals and incredible his, his record when you look at it is, is yeah. I really begrudge the second one, but the, yeah, incredible achievement. He's, he's a superstar, an absolute star. Yeah, me, this is my personal one. <laughs> yeah, oh, come on. Wells, he's better than Betts and Cyril, is he? Yeah, as a he's a better player. Really, like actually, yeah. As a football, he's a better player. I mean, I've watched Daniel Wells games in the past where I've looked at it and thought I've not seen many better games being played by someone. But 
through a lot of reasons outside of his control, he hasn't been able to do it consistently enough to be in the top five best. But this isn't players. this is this isn't the this isn't the most consistent or the most long long performed uh, or whatever. It's the best, and his best football is as good as anybody's, and he did it enough for me to feel comfortable with it. And yes, it's obviously biased, but he I, I love him so much. He is <laughs> incredible, and he. I, it is harder to be the best, one of the best midfielders in the competition than it is to be a good small forward. Like, it's just a more important position. It's a better value position. You have to be better to do it. Wells is better because of it. We've had arguments on this point in the past. I won't bother with it for now. Uh, I think our the two midfield, the point about being a midfielder. Yeah, similar the... to the Walsh Rosie arguments. Oh, that, yeah. I think yeah, I think yeah. it's pretty hard to play a forward role. I, I think midfielders act, especially in football these days. I think it's easier to play midfield in terms of. In, I still think you've no, got to be better ter- to do it though. No, not so much easier, but in terms of being viewed by others as being good, it's easier to do that as a midfielder because you are going to get more stats and it's yeah. going to become more obvious. Yeah, yeah, maybe. It's easier to get lost but like, as a forward. Wells wasn't a game on stats. Like he had pretty good stats and whatnot, but it was what yeah, he did. I know, I, like, know, I, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, okay, whatever. I He's know, he was, he was pretty damn good. Uh, look, our two and one are the same. <laughs> it is a was now. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> our two and one are the same. We've got Goods at two and Lance Franklin at one. God, Interestingly goods enough, <laughs> both of them, Mike Sheehan did his top five Indigenous players uh, this week and left both of them out. Goods intentionally so. They brought up Buddy and he was like, ah, oh, yeah. Like, you, you can okay, tell look, he just I, forgotten I, about I Buddy. Get- like, you can construct a world where you leave goods off, I guess, if you go back forever and a day. His, uh, he, if his record on paper, if you look at his CV It's as good as anybody's. Whatever, I think that it's the best Indigenous player on record. Two Brownlows. Do you win the Rising Star as well? How I'm many All-Australians? Sure. I don't think you want to know. A ridiculous Smith. amount Two of All-Australians, all in different positions. Yeah, had all of the success you could possibly yeah. want. Just incredible football, though. And that's like versatility is often talked about as an asset, but what it really means is didn't really know what they would like. Didn't just settle. I think it's just a sign you are so good. Yeah, no, no matter I, I what think that is with given. him. Yeah. For a lot of players, it's they haven't settled down. But for goods, it was he started as a ruckman, then he became a mid wingman, then he became a midfielder, then he became a centre half forward. He played centre half back in there at some point. Like he did. Everything he aced, all and of them, yeah. he was all Australian in nearly every position. He was a club cap, like he, yeah, on paper, has probably had the best career out of any Indigenous footballer. Yeah, uh, like it, it yeah, just can't I, be said. I, I would and, think that's the case. And his record on paper would look better and, and than like, Buddy's. And his one. record doesn't lie. Like we, we keep saying his record, so just show, and but the fact that we're not rating one kind of implies that we think it overvalues yeah. his career. But I don't think it does. I think just Buddies is undervalued. Yeah, I, yeah, Buddy is just... It's, it's, it's more the charisma and the character that he's brought to the game that makes him so... Like, he's just such a presence. He's yeah. Just, he's just... He's the I most he's unique footballer we have ever seen. Yeah. Uh, just, he, he impacts a game in a way that we have never, ever seen before. He's That's also, why Buddy is I think, so like, good. I think one thing that's special about Buddy is he's... Kind of prototypical as well. No one had played like him before he got into the league. But now you see a couple of guys here and there trying to. In a way, 
Yeah, I, but like I, the 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 oversized half forward flank, which is a crude and probably cruel way of describing what Buddy is. But like the guy that is so mobile, can do everything on the ground, but isn't like the gargantuan overhead key yeah. forward that we're used to. Doesn't do just the hit up. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of that's a new role since he came into the league, and you see guys like. And not anywhere near as well. Like, I'm not yeah, saying yeah, that. Yeah. But, like, that's what Hipwood's trying to do. Yeah. And, like, I, I think it's an incredible compliment to Buddy that he's... No one will ever be like Goods again. No one can be what he... Like, some of the stuff that was... Some of his career was contextual. Like, he didn't have to be so tall as a Ruckman to start off with. No one ha- will have that in them again. But people will try and be like Buddy... People try and be like Buddy in the same way basketball players try and be like Michael Jordan. And you'll just get bad rip yeah, off of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is just an incredible thing to be... I had to have inspired multiple footballers to yeah, try and fair. play like you. Fair. That's, yeah, it's an interesting way of looking at it. Anyway, yeah. should we move on? It was quite a positive segment, wasn't it? It we was. Were, we were very happy there. You still shout on a couple of my picks, but that's okay. Yeah, but what's always going to happen, Banjo? That's true. Let's move on to some footy. Yeah. Well, as a superstar, though. Anyway, Richmond defeated Essendon by 23 points. This was one of the most boring Dreamtime games you'll ever see. Oh, yeah. If like, this hadn't have been Dreamtime, this would have been Gold Jack Green Jacket. This uh, sucked. I mean, look, it was wet and it was sloppy. And if the game was close, if the game was close, it would have been quite entertaining. Yeah. I think. Early on, I was quite excited. I was quite enjoying just seeing the hard contest there. But it was probably about half through the third quarter where you saw Richmond are just too good yeah. in these conditions. As soon as it started raining, I thought... Richmond are going to win this without question. They, they are made for the wet. They're yeah, they so are. good at a contest. They just force the ball forward at all costs. They have they a game plan. Ugly that, ways they have to a game goals. plan that just doesn't have to change in the wet, which everybody else has to sort of adjust the way they play football. Richmond are just like, no, we well, this will still work. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah pretty much. They play wet where the footy is yeah. dry. That's and kind they've of made it work play, that yeah. way. Where Essendon, on the other hand, aren't so much like that. They play try to play a much cleaner, more uh, kind of precise sort of game. Uh, and in the end, the scoreboard flattered them. Like yeah, They did get definitely. pretty comprehensively outplayed. Should have been and they, a six, seven... Eight goal yeah, like, on balance. And that in the wet, that's a big thumping. Yeah. But, I mean, good good on them, though, to show the heart in the last quarter with a couple of players down as well to be able to keep the game sort of ticking along. And it was still with five minutes to go, there was still that kind of fool's hope. Yeah. But, yeah, they, they realistically, they did get pretty smashed. Richmond are just chugging along. They'll When they get their players back, it'll be very interesting to see how they go. Can they elevate to the top teams and where they're playing the level they're at at the moment because the guys have brought into replacement played really well like baker who will probably be the rising star this week he was fantastic yep. uh jack ross when he was in the side's been fantastic shy bolton's been fantastic covering for rioli when he was there like so many guys have just done the job brilliantly well i'm fascinated to see how it, much higher they go when they get their i, best I feel back. There, there is a, a feeling of wait and see with Richmond. yeah and they're posing dangerously i don't know whether it'll click to the extent it ha- it has to in the back yeah. half of the year it could it absolutely could but a lot has to go right yeah exactly um, so they're just they're an interesting one and i don't really know where to place them right now yeah but i'm definitely f- not ruling them out on the flip side rule lesson it out they're cooked. And their injury list is yeah. mounting as well. The, the, that's half of it. They, they're not consistent enough, and they're also just shattered by injuries. And those two things put together just... Yeah. They're barely above sort of that bottom group 
the way they're playing at the moment. Yeah, I think a lot of Essendon supporters would take issue with that. Yeah. But I think time will tell. I think it's possible that that is the case. They're also, what, one game ahead of it? So, yeah. Yeah, I think to this point in the season, they perform better than the lower teams. I but agree. I do believe but it's with that injury the list. looking yeah, direction that it could get pretty grim. Like, Stringer's, in, Stringer's been, like, their most consistent player all year. He'd be right up there in their best and fairest, I reckon. I thought you were talking about Unf- our friend. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. And now he's injured as well. Like, just a, not a lot has gone Essendon's way in recent times. Yeah, they've just had and they've really, they really out as well. with Joe. Yeah, they've got to review what they did there. They bring him back on five-day break. I don't understand. The, yeah, I mean, we, like we don't know. Maybe it'll be okay. maybe it was okay. Maybe it was the right decision, but it's hard to imagine it being so. It from looks the like this in. properly could be something that he's managing his whole career, which yeah. is a little bit frightening. But anyway, let's move on. Uh, we've got the Brad Scott Cup in St Kilda, def- <sighs> defeating Carlton by thirteen points. Uh, loser gets Brad, is what I heard. <laughs> Would you be a little sad if that happened if you went straight to another club? No, not not one of these two. Because <laughs> they're not a threat, or yeah, pretty much. Like if he made either of these sides like a proper contender, I'd just be impressed. Yeah, well, he's a chance. He's someone who seems to get something out of yeah. a list, out of a poor list. So it could oh, be interesting. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm right on that front. I think he'd. I think he'd be better at Carlton than he would at St Kilda. Mainly because I think there's more growth between him and Bolton than there is between Richo and him. This was a, a quite worrying performance from the Carlton point of view in the sense that they got... worrying from St Kilda too. I, uh, yes and no. Both like, sides were shit. The, the effort was really there for Carlton this time, but they just looked really disorganised. This was one time in which I did look at it and think, yeah, coaching's not looking that good at the moment. They just they did not look in control of what they were doing. They looked like they were just out there trying to have a crack and not really knowing which direction to put that energy into. And there was a big patch in the third quarter where they got a lot of inside 50s, just could not finish it off at all. Their forward line, when you write it down, should be pretty effective. They've yeah. got the tools. The smalls are a bit meh. There was probably two weak patch there when we thought that forward line's looking pretty good. Yeah, well, it's just you build around again. McKay. You then have Kerno and McGovern, who are both pretty mobile, pretty flexible, pretty good movers, and that should work. That just should oh, work. Absolutely They're both should good work, contested yeah. marks, so they both do the key forward bit and then add more on the ground as well. That should work. And the fact that when they're going inside 50, that's not who they're looking at is just astounding. Their forward 50 entries were not directed they're at the quite guys often that can mark the into ball. Gibbons, who is an extremely average player who might hang around for a couple yeah, of years. He's, and he's, he might contribute well replaced, and good on him for doing what he's doing to yeah, this point. Massive but, ups, but he's replaced Matthew Wright. Yeah. And he's going to just replace him at best. Yes. Yes. Like, there's nothing more to say. For St. Kilda, yeah, I guess it was a little more impressive, but they they played down to Carlton's level. Yeah, I suppose if you want to draw one positive out of St. Kilda, like all of the attention this week was on Carlton. There was all this just look at Carlton. Yeah, and the motivation standpoint. And they, they did yeah, come out firing. And they true. started quite well. And for St. Kilda to be able to keep this kind of in-house and to be able to kind of control that emotion and to be able to respond when they need to. Yeah, and to be it frank, St. Kilda, that margin's flattering to Carlton. St. Kilda dominated large patches of that game. They did, just yes. didn't put them away. Yeah, yeah just, just St. Kilda... 
Yeah, they played down to the level. There should have been another five goals on St. Gilda's scoreboard, really, with the amount of domination they had. It was the an ugly only game. avenue to goal that looked like it was working was Membry. And Membry's great, don't get me wrong. I love that guy. His hands are just unbelievable mm. these days. But they needed to diversify a bit. Bruce didn't play well. They're small forwards. Gresham's had to move high, and that's great. He's looking like a he good played, midfielder. He played really yeah, a really well good game. Thing. Really and well. Yeah, it was the right decision because he's too To be honest, if you try to say when they were looking dangerous, it was when Gresham was the one using the yeah, ball quite exactly. often. Yeah, exactly. But like, Dopey Kent was their second best forward, really. Yeah, and, and he has they, been quite good. He has but... been good, but they need more support. And I think it was just a down game in a lot of respect from that. But they did play down to Cubs. Yeah, it was, level, it was an ugly game making. and they won it. And they're sitting in a pretty reasonable spot on the ladder at the moment. So yes. good on them. Good anyway, on. let's move on to the game of the round. Yeah, absolutely. Fremantle defeating Brisbane by one point with a kick after the siren uh, that hit the post. I loved this, mate. Oh, I love this. This is your only pick. It picked this, me up, wasn't this it? This really did pick me up at the end of the week. Love Frio. Love, love, love Sonny Walters, mate. I am in love with that man. He was just, he was bubbling along. You kind of knew he was going to be the man to finish it. You kind of knew it. And then he hit that. Shot that kick after the sign. He hit that beautifully. It was a shame it wasn't a he goal. Was going it so, looked, he was going so many rows back. Yeah. From 50 out, he yeah. flushed it. Yeah. But, like, you know, it was kind of cool in the end that you win with a poster after the sign. Yeah. It didn't matter. But I would have liked him to have kicked it just yeah, as, like, goes down this guy's that History good. was one of the famous points next to uh, Jimmy Bartels yep. in the Easter game. This one and then the Barry Breen. Yeah. Now, so, again, not a pretty game of football for... For the most Not part. Not as unpretty as what we've been saying. I th- in all honesty, just a slight aside, I think we do call too many games of football ugly. Like, I think we use that term Maybe too it's easily. it's just getting ugly, mate. That's yeah, what some people but like, will tell everyone, you. Well, that's, everyone just wants to say the skills are shit and whatnot. But, like, have you watched an old game at all recently? Like, they suck then or worse then. Yes, true. Just, defense has gotten better. Anyway, back to this game. Oh, so I was just... Handballing over to you. I'll say something there. Brisbane choked. <laughs> That's my take. Yeah, I don't. I'm not as strong on that. I thought Frio's last quarter was really, really good. I they all simply what happened. They were quite ferocious. They had the crowd behind yeah. them. They got on top of the contest, and then it becomes it becomes pretty hard for Brisbane to know how to do it from there. Because what do you do when a team's killing you in a contest? You start chipping it around a little bit. You try to take the pace out of it. Eventually, you end up kicking it down the line. And then if it comes to ground, there's another contest. You lose that again, and it's coming back the other way. Yeah, and it's not the fact they got killed in the contest that I think is the way they choked it. That can happen. Like, North fluked that against Sydney the week before. Where the things just sometimes flip for you, and you have a really good patch. And Freo had a really good patch. No taking away from any of that. They did play really well. The problem I have is that's two weeks in a row in the last 15 minutes of game. Brisbane have gotten incredibly conservative. They nearly blew the Adelaide game and probably should have, and they did blow this one. They were in winning positions for incredible amounts of that game. They were the better side for the majority of the game. And they just, at the end, went, no, I don't know what to do, and I'm going to give up. And even when they did win a contest, they blazed it forward. They did not try and... They lost their heads. They did not try and have any system going forward. They did not try and break yeah, it. Anyway. Okay. They didn't do anything that you... They didn't do anything what they were doing for the first three and a half quarters. They just stopped doing what was putting them in winning position and they panicked. Yeah, it was a bit of a panic reaction. Fair, fair enough, I guess. Um, 
but yeah, I, I, I think more than anything, I want to give the credit to Freeman because the pressure that they put on yeah, is that, what caused at Brisbane like, to panic. I really like Brisbane. You really like Freo. It's probably a yeah. little bit of the was, bias lens I, going I, I on I was here. happy with my tip as well. I, <laughs> I just really want to say, how good was Brad Hill as well? Like He oh was unbelievable it was, this game. It wasn't as good as that game he had against Richmond on the G a few years ago, but... He was just so yeah, damaging. He had that F in the last quarter. He put a smother on, got yeah. him up, and then hit a target and just kept him going forward. He's one, it's in what was not a pretty game. He's he is one a of those pretty players footballer. who just stands out and he just, he, he just takes the game If you get Brad Hill in space, how many players would you take ahead of him in, the situation, in that situation? Maybe Whitfield? Yeah, there Maybe are, there Josh Kelly? There like, aren't a lot. The, the, the problem with hardly him, any. The problem with him is he, he if he gets tagged out of it, he gets properly tagged out. Yeah, um, he doesn't know how to handle that. But if he's given space, geez, he's damaging. Yeah, you. Uh, I do he's wish you sexy. Were, I do wish he was in a better side so he could see him. Well, he was for quite a while. That's true. <laughs> we did, see but he was that. young. He wasn't the same. He was. He wasn't. He's a better player now. Yeah. Than he was. Anyway, then, let's yeah. move on. Poochie's mailbag, uh, and I'll take it away first. Given the podcast, clear Victorian bias. Uh, this den is interested to know if either of us can actually name all the interstate ta- uh, teams in the league. I'm quite happy with this question because it's not directed at me this time. It's directed yeah. at both of us. We're both biased. I don't know now. what I've done to do I'm this. I don't, I don't pick the gold jack, green jacket segments, which I you just don't talk about any interstate which, I talk about Frio all the time, mate. I talk about Brisbane, which is his team all the time. <laughs> I love West Coast. I love Adelaide. I love three of the eight interstate teams I just don't and I love GWS I love half the interstate teams I love one yeah, from any city because you I love the Gold Coast so that's five because you don't think they're as relevant which means that you don't no, think they're a that's threat not true so at you can all. handle it's them just I don't that's know any asshole supporters from those teams well uh, apparently I know some Brisbane ones that's, de- that's definitely a factor <laughs> as well but what, what we're naming the interstate teams are yeah so doing... I named five then you got Port when we got your Frio too well, we got and the then Adelaide, Sydney the two Adelaide teams, That's two teams, the Sydney teams, and the Queensland teams. Yeah, it's pretty fuck easy. You, Dan. It's a very easy question to answer. You're going to have to ask the next yeah, question. Yeah, I didn't read this, stuff well. this up. Uh, is it true that you once stated that you would take <laughs> Oliver over Cripps? That's from Will. I don't think it is true. No, I, it definitely I, is true. Maybe early I on. I 100% believe Will on this. I remember last year, I'm pretty sure it'll be on recording. I'm pretty sure it was during a pod I got asked the question by you, and I'm, I said Cripps. I've been saying Crips for a good year to two years. I actually have been, and it's been it's Pretty been extremely marginal. But I've been saying I think Crips is a little bit better. I might have said that in probably not in their first year. All of it wasn't great in his first year. No, but I, I might have said it at one point reasonably early on. But for the most part, I actually have thought Crips is better, and I still do definitely yeah, do it's, now. It's pretty comfortable the way they're playing these days, but. Uh... Yeah, it'll probably, when, when Oliver gets his form back, it'll be interesting. Anyway, next one. Yeah, question for you, Banjo. I like this one as well. This comes from Ellie. Do you agree that Aaron Norton should never play defense ever, 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 ever again? I added uh, all, all those the evers. evers. Uh, no, I don't agree. <laughs> Good to I... see Ellie doing her research. She's obviously been watching a lot of football, and she's realized that Aaron Norton is a superstar forward. Nah, she's as big as enough, enough as uh, Luke Beveridge. Um, he, should <laughs> clearly, he, should, <laughs> he should clearly play defense because that's what he's best at. Just no two questions about it. Yeah, that was a quick answer. Uh, I'll take. I'll ask you the next question as well. Uh, is the mid-season draft good or bad? Would the plebs be in favour of a mid-season trade period? Uh, just before I ask this, answer this, uh, you should have read the one below because I sh- clearly got to have to ask that one again. Fair enough. Fair uh, enough. But uh, yeah, no, I don't 
I don't dislike it. I don't have any reason to really like it. I think it's a bit of a shoulder shrug. A mid-season trade period's the interesting one. I'd be fascinated to see. I don't think many teams would do anything with it. That's my sort of my take. I think I'd struggle with it, in, just in the sense I'm I'm a bit of a I'm probably just am a traditionalist. I think I just I just hate the over discussion about player movement during the season. Yeah. I just want to focus on football. And like let's, it, it annoys it annoys me during the off season. I get to the point I'm just sick of it. I, I don't want it to happen yeah. during football. I just want to focus on footy. <laughs> You're fighting well, not at the moment. There. <laughs> <laughs> but like when you think about it, so who would be requesting a trade in the middle of the year? Prospective free agents. They'd be the only ones you'd bother trading because if they're contracted, uh, if they're just a normal uncontracted player, you're going to get the same haul for them at the end of the year as you would in the middle of the year and why hurt your team's chances, right? So that's like guys like Canelio. That'd kill a club. Like, yeah. like guys like that asking to trade would be devastating. I just, it can't happen. Yeah. Like I... I, I don't think it's a good idea. Probably the most interesting thing to have come out of this mid-season draft has been the more retirees we've seen coming into it. That, that's probably been the yeah, most actually Heath interesting Grundy, to come out sort of. Out of nowhere. This is that it's thing that when players think they're cooked, they're like, well, probably the right thing to step aside yeah. now. So get them an extra spot on their list. So that's created just a bit more interest in football for that unexpected reason, I guess. Yeah. But uh, last question again for you, Banjo. Given North won with Brad Scott, Stepping down in inverted commas. Should they hire new coaches every week? Um, I think Interesting. I think whoever asked is, I think it would have been Poochie. Uh, he's looking at this the wrong way. Uh, we shouldn't hire a new coach every week. The important part is that we fire one every week. Brad Scott is not the new coach, and we won with him. We played really well with him. Still there, about to be fired. The key is new, to have a guy who's about to be fired. That's what we need. Now, you, you, know, you know really what you need to do. Every week you need to hire Mark Neal and then fire him. Yeah, you no, know, that's on, that's the that's the uh, the way that, that you go forward. That's the way you can do that at the assistant coach level. That's not drastic enough for us. We needed real motivation. <laughs> we needed the top dog gone. No, you rehire him as head coach every week and sack him. Yeah. I can't see it being a problem at all. Stability is not important in football. Coach. I'm going to miss Brad Scott. <laughs> I love that man. All right, Banjo. Let's finish this pot off with a question off our battle situations with unexpected handicaps. Mm. I found a good. One towards the bottom of it, stumbled across. Oh, this is like, good because this uh, this segment was getting as uh, rough as yeah. Billy Gow's watch. Now nah, Billy Gow's watch is picked <laughs> up. So is this Pikachu from Pokemon? Yes, aware <laughs> of who that is. <laughs> they had to say it. Pikachu from Pokemon, but he has strict Chinese parents, so the only skills he has learned so far are maths, homework, and piano. Yeah. Versus Rudolph. The red nose, red nose reindeer, but he has just got a confused with Adolf. Good, good clarification. <laughs> <laughs> but he just has a regular nose with no sleigh guiding abilities. Can he still fly? Oh, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. I don't see there's any reason he can't guide a sleigh, but he can fly. I'm guessing. Yeah. Yes. Although, how would flying help a bigger Jew? Okay. Well, I mean, if he's in the sky, the lightning bolts from Pikachu might but be if, quite does useful. Does Pikachu have those skills? Or does he only know maths and piano? <laughs> um, well, I assume he still has some. Isn't it just a native well, that he has some electricity yeah, abilities? Yeah, I, I think so. And that but makes, he hasn't learned how to use yeah, them. Yeah, okay. So he's, he's a bit haphazard, a bit, uh, a bit all over the shop. That's how I read mis- it. Misdirected. But- so it's like the move Thunder, which has a low accuracy in the Pokemon games. If that isn't the case. <laughs> but no. The, the, if he legitimately has no Thunder abilities at all. I mean, 
But P- like, what, a nerdy the f- Pikachu is just a little tiny, basically yeah, mouse. a bunny. <laughs> like, yeah, and what the hell's... <laughs> yeah, it's just a mouse against versus a, Against deer. a giant flying deer. <laughs> oh, is it giant? A reindeer giant? No, they're not giant. But, but I'm he, saying relative to Pikachu, that's true. they're quite but large. But if he does have his... Lightning abilities, yes. thunder abilities. Makes it a bit more interesting. No, it does. Makes it a clear knockout to Pikachu because Rudolph is obviously a flying type and in the Pokemon games, thunder ah, is super effective against flying. Ah, ah. So, it all depends. <laughs> <laughs> is Pikachu just a normal mouse? Yeah, how? Yeah, just how but poor get, is his lightning abilities yeah. when he's only been studying all day every day? That's the question. Which we have never got an answer to off the Pokemon show. Do you reckon we should ask, like, Facebook comment a question there to just get some clarification? Uh, I mean, we could. They probably won't respond. They're pretty haphazard with how often they actually post on I think it's worth a shot. But we can give it a crack. Uh, But, yeah, so we're not sure. Is that the answer? Yeah. Well, no, we are sure, depending on the context, is how we'll frame it. Yes. All right. All right. Yeah, it's, well, it's either definitely <laughs> rain uh, Rudolph or definitely Pikachu. Now that I think about that, you could say that about literally everyone. <laughs> uh, anyway, thanks for listening to the Plants on Footy podcast. We'll see you next week.